Hey, what's good, people? It's your man, AB, checking in. Hey, listen, guys, we recorded and finished the episode before the news broke of the uh, situation in L.A. with PNB Rock. Um, of course, you saw that there was an alleged robbery attempt. He was shot a couple of times. Unfortunately, he did not make it. We want to give our condolences to PNB Rock's friends, family, uh, and supporters, loved ones, of course. So, man, much respect. It's an unfortunate situation, man. He was 30 years young. Uh, gone too soon, obviously, man. So rest in peace, PNB Rock. Another week in the books with the On Deck TV show. I am Spike Lou. Man, holla at your boy Animal Brown, Animal underscore Brown, if you're looking for me on social media. I am Spike Lou on those same social sites. Holla at your boy, still Cowboy Nation. As you can see, the stars are still behind me. <laughs> you may be down, but we ain't out. <laughs> Y'all might as well be out. I can pack this little season up. How about that, too? <laughs> this is the, the worst possible scenario. I'm so hot about that. Season yeah, over week one. That's the law. Come on, man. I don't wish that on nobody. Not that week was, one. Yeah, week damn. One is nuts. Hey, <laughs> Jesus Christ. How'd man. your football Sunday go? Uh, listen, I knew it was over play one. So it don't <laughs> even make a first play of the game. You okay. knew it was over when the ayahuasca came out when he said he was over in Colombia on that ayahuasca this offseason. That's true. That's true. <laughs> and the game still hot. That's what I'm saying. And it, but he dropping dimes, but it don't matter if niggas can't catch though. Can't catch him, man. They cannot catch him. But this is the on deck TV show, man. We here for hip hop. What we got this week, AP? Absolutely. Action pack episode, guys. Listen, guys was rocking with the with the Jay-Z B side favorite records. So we decided to double back. This time we're going to do Wheezy, man. Wheezy F Baby B-Sides, our favorite joints. I got five. Lou has five. Hopefully we have a different five. But I got some plan Bs just in case. And we got some overlap. Mm -hmm. It's all good. Um, also, versus, man, are they in trouble? Because there, there's another movement already bubbling with Babyface Ray and Larry June doing something very similar. Um, and also, Sci High. You have you been paying attention to his Instagram live lately? We're going to talk about his retirement talks, um, along with his issues with labels and how they relate to these Rico charges. But first, Sauce Walker, your man, I think I'm not 100% sure. Kind of um, sauce. This may change was, my opinion. <laughs> sauce, sauce was in Cali, uh, LA over the weekend, man. Uh, cowboy had it all, full Texas mode, iced up, and apparently. Someone attempted to rob him in which that person was then shot and killed on site. Mm. Um, Sauce took to his Instagram live and issued a warning mm -hmm. to young black men out here doing things like robbing 
and giving them a warning saying it could lead to things like that young man laying on the street, man. So my question was, were these wise words coming from Walker or is he, was he doing too damn much? Great question. And I'm so glad that you let it in that way with the, not calling you out here, but wrong information. Because I looked at it and I thought the same thing that you did. Uh, this dude tried to rob Sauce Walker and Sauce Walker shot him, killed him, and he put a PSA out. However, not what happened. Right. After doing further research, because the damn Instagram post definitely didn't spell this out. It happens that this man was robbed by someone else. And the same dude tried to rob Sauce Walker, but he got away. So the guy who was killed was actually a victim of a robbery. He just didn't make it out like Sauce Walker did. The mm. nigga who robbed them is still at large. And of That's course, right. Sauce Walker caught heat for this because he made it appear in this Instagram video that he shot a nigga for robbing him. That's what it looked like. Yeah. And if you just scrolling through and see that headline, that's what you're going to think. And it almost looked like Cap because he came out with a whole video and never clearly described what happened. Yeah. Now, he had a little scuffle with the dude who tried to rob him. He was able to escape with a black eye, busted lip. He said, unfortunately, the dude who they showed in the IG clip lost his life because he was fighting over his jury. So Walker, of course, came out later and said, oh, I didn't mean it that way. I was just letting you know that everybody ain't going and some people going to die for theirs. Unfortunately, this guy lost his life. The family can reach out to me. This is what happened when you try to shuck it out, bro. Like, don't come try to shuck it out. Act like you done killed the nigga, popped the nigga, trying to get more popularity over some bullshit. So Walker gets, I, I feel like he has uh, as big as he can get with what he got going on. And this feeble attempt, to get more notoriety fell flat on his face. Yeah, he was cloud chasing um, until the real story came out. The If you listen to the original clip, he does allude to, he never explicitly says that he shot the person, but he definitely mm. alluded to it, <laughs> that somebody tried to rob him, he shot him, and he, he said, I even got blood on my sneakers. He put that on Instagram. Got blood on my Louis V's. This bum ass nigga, you know what I'm saying? Like he was, he was gonna make a moment out of this. Or he was at least attempt to. Now, like you said, it turns out that the the people, his family, the, the victim's family came out and said, bro, he lives in right in front of that. Wasn't there? You telling me he tried to rob you in front of his own house? <laughs> like, that's not adding up. Let's, this dude was like a business. He wasn't even no street dude like that. Like, he was a business nigga, regular nigga, had bread and everything. So, like, why would he try to touch you? Like, none of it made sense to the family. And I'm glad that they were able to come out and kind of, shed some light on that which then forced sauce walker to double back with another video you know what i'm saying it was like yo we're gonna honor this fallen king you know what i mean no 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 and stop the real clout chasers and look man i his original statement again i know he alluded to one thing but he didn't actually say it so i'm gonna i'm gonna hold him to that but what he said was if niggas out here trying to rob and shit like be prepared that like you might get killed behind that. And so there's a mm. message in that. If you just take that in its own section, that's one warning that may still ring true. But the, the way he tried to use it as pub, it's a shame because he's not the first person to use something as pub. Pac's been accused of this, for Christ's mm. sake. And that's one of the greatest rappers of all time, dude. So mm. I'm not going to just act like he the first to do this. But it's a shame that people instantly go to that. And try to way. use shit as pub, even when it involves a body that you didn't have nothing to do with. Absolutely. And uh, 
I do want to make it very clear, in my opinion, it was a mistake to do so. However, peeling it back a layer and addressing what you said as far as the message behind it. Yeah. Now, I credit South Walker with being somewhat of a street nigga. I wouldn't peg him as a lane. I wouldn't right, peg right, right. him as a nigga who I felt was square and was acting out a role. So my biggest problem with it is he has to know when you put this video out, this ain't deterring a nigga that was about to rob you. Because we asked the question how the time when you're looking at the Kingpin videos, a motherfucker selling all this weight, making all of this money. Well, why didn't he just stop? Yep. Because they always figured out, I'm going to be the nigga that make it. Yep. So when somebody see this video of Sauce Walker, they're not going to be like, damn, let me not rob niggas. A nigga's going to think, oh, well, I'm not going to get shot. Look at his dumb ass. Nope. I mean, I'm not saying that. I'm just speaking in general. Right, People right. are going to be like, oh, look at this nigga. He was lame. He got shot trying to rob. I'm this, I'm that. I'm going to be able to pull it off. So Sauce Walker should know because he comes from that environment that if this did happen the way that you say it, the best way to handle it is not say shit, bro. You handled your business. A nigga came up, trying to rob you. You ain't, ain't, ain't nothing else to be said about it. I handled my business. We kept it moving. I ain't got to do no Instagram movie or nothing about it. It's unfortunate that we live in these times, though, that he felt like that this was a clout thing. Even if it had happened that way, it would have been a bad way to go about it, in my opinion. I mean, he's seen how how much clout the baby done got off of this shit. Yeah, so it's like sad. this is a it's it's for I, I want people to understand it's always been like this though. Like I don't want people to be like, man, social media and no niggas was doing this yep. way before that. Like, nope. let's be hundred percent clear. It's an episode on The Sopranos that almost deals with this when he was talking. The black guy paid one of the mafia niggas to shoot him in the ass. Sure did. About the getting robbed. Thing. Like it was yep. Bokeem Woodbine. And it yep. was like almost playing into that thing. So like you said, people do this. It is a thing. This. However, yeah, it's just it's nuts. It's Sauce Walker. I feel like he shouldn't have to stoop to these levels uh, of that to get where he needs to be, in my opinion. Yeah. That being said, your girl JT from City Girl Fame was out partying this weekend, fresh off the FNF remix with our girl Glorilla. She had a verse on there. A couple other people had a verse, but Saweetie verse was not cleared. Yep. However, DJ Play felt it necessary to only play Saweetie's verse in the presence of JT while she was in the club vibing in VIP. And he also has some bars that he said over the microphone addressing at her, which I'll let you get into. But my question here is easy, A.B. Is it fair or foul for JT to be mad that the DJ played a verse that wasn't even released or put on the song? Yeah, she has a she has a gripe mainly because the DJ kept shouting her out as if that was her yeah. verse. And if I'm someone that has some talent like JT, and I'm being confused for someone who doesn't have talent like a sweetie. Oh, man. If you got me fucked up, then you're going to sit here and tell me that that's me. Like, stop playing with my name. Put some respect on it. Like, don't do not do that. Like, don't. You're a DJ, bro. You know the difference between sweetie and um, JT City Girls. At least you should. You should. And you should that's know right. which version you're playing. How did you get your hands on the fucking unreleased, <laughs> un-whatever well, version they- anyway? Like, what type of what? Well, they claim this one caught fire online after it was rumored that her verse didn't get cleared. So he was supposedly playing the DJ, you know, the exclusive shit. Ah, okay, okay. He's dropping bombs on it, flex bombs and shit. Yeah. That's, that, that's perfectly fine. You got to know what you have on your hands and stop naming somebody else if you know that's not them. That's that's stupid. Um, with that being said, though, I, I'm going to keep it a stack. The remix is mid. And, you know, Lotto, that's my girl. 
I think she's super dope. I think JT is the talented one out of, of the city girls. And I think there's a there's a charm to Glorilla. But I the remix don't work to me. Like it didn't do nothing for me. And I think that beat fire. I don't think they wrote the beat like they probably could have. I can only imagine what the sweetie version sound like. It's probably oh. worse because she is some slow. So who knows if the verse didn't get clear or her verse was trash. Either way, I thought the remix was mid. I was super let down. They said it was for contractual reasons, contractual reasons that she didn't get it on. No way you were super let down. I haven't even listened to that song. Yeah, super I'm mid. not even sure what you were expecting. The DJ's words to her were, uh, this was at in Texas at the camp KAMP party. He intentionally played Saudi's verse and kept saying, JT, boy, if you don't get your delusional ass on. And kept saying that as her verse played over and over. I'm not sure what that has to do what? with. I guess he's saying that she had a better verse and JT was delusional about her role on the song. Something like that. But that I do get personal. JT's. Yeah, that's what, and that's my point. And I get what JT is saying. It's like, it's cool if you want to play another motherfucker verse, but you wouldn't do this to a man. Like, you're only handling this this way and, and yelling obscenities over the microphone from the DJ booth and trying to get at me because I'm a woman. And you don't think that I have any retaliation towards you. And I think that that's a fair point. I mean, if he, if T.I. walked in the club and you had a ludicrous verse on there and you kept playing ludicrous verse and you're like, hey, Tip, I don't know now, bro. Like, you know something going to happen to you. <laughs> like, you, 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 not now, T.I., but probably back then, T.I. Sure. And with that being said, I just think that he was trying to pick at her and it caught fire. And she did a great job at bringing attention to it. And she spelled it out. She said, most of these niggas in the industry are catty and do catty and weird is what she said. I don't want to put more words in her mouth. But I was yeah. glad she was able to address that and kind of put DJ play in his place. Yeah, that's weird. Um, Again, it sounds personal. I'm not sure what what his point was. Like I, I, I'm, I'm confused at that. But mm. what I was expecting was a good song. The original song is catchy, so I wanted. And I seen that Lotto was on the remix, and I fuck with her. She dope. So I was like, ah, oh, let me check this out. She didn't snap. At least not why on the first listen. Why hasn't anyone done the girls' night out? Like I feel like, like this 2022 song was, version. Yeah, like this. This was the song. Fuck nigga free. Facts should have been right about seven people on here. Yeah, like why not? Is is the industry like? I was reading it somewhere. I think it was last week when we were doing prep for the show, but I, it didn't make it in. It's a quickie, but they were talking about. I think Meg may have said how they try to pit the industry against each other as far as women. Yeah, yeah. Do you think that that has something to do with why they don't collab, or you think it's more personal reasons? Because all it seems to be clashes everywhere. It might just be business, dog. Like, bro, yeah. these verses are not free. That's true. So you finna get a Nick and look at Nikki and a, a Cardi and nigga, that's uh 250, nigga, right there. Like, what are we talking about? Like, These not doing that shit for free, nigga. They, what? That's exactly true. And yeah, you ain't getting no free verses. But I, I feel like a swap or something, like a Glorilla on Nikki's upcoming CD or Cardi's upcoming CD will be cute. They don't it's not equal. It, no. It's not equal at all, but I mean, it will be cute. Respectfully, I mean, it, it will be a moment. I feel like we at that place where women need that moment in hip hop, something big, bigger than a man. Like my point in saying that is, hip hop is about moments, experiences. Now that so that the mu music is so in influx, we can go get music streaming from anywhere. You have a moment when you got Nikki, even if they ain't in the same studio. If you have right. a Nikki, a Cardi, a Meg, and a Blotto all on the same song. That's a moment. Like, that's sure. going to last for a long time for Glorilla and just women in hip-hop period. I feel like it's time for that to happen. 
we've said the same thing about man you know what would be dope nigga if puff and jay opened up this nigga it ain't, it ain't happened dude we've been talking about that forever you know what i'm saying like it'd be dope if these two people did this or connected it's a whole lot of shit i'm sure it's a whole lot of politics going on because people can look at that as like a like you're trying to get at somebody before someone else gets at them so that you can befriend them before somebody else befriends them that you don't mm-hmm. fuck with. Like there's a whole bunch of politics, but and then, and then somebody like Glorilla, who's new to the industry, will be caught in the middle, won't even know it, bro. Right like, in the wrong <laughs> place. Can't we all just get along? Exactly. Larry King voice or Larry, what is his nigga name? What was the nigga name? Rodney. Rodney. All right, moving on. Is this? Sh- now, nah, this is me, man. Listen, we talked about this earlier, man. Versus... Uh, Versus is on hiatus right now. They're going through litigation and all kind of shit with Triller. Who knows when the next one is going to happen? So, with that being said, Babyface Ray and Larry June have taken matters in their own hand, and they're doing a little mini tour, a Versus-like tour, one in San Francisco, one in Detroit, in their uh, respective hometowns. It is called Sound Clash, all right? It's Mm. brought by Red Bull. Shout out to Red Bull. Um, and so they're doing a Larry June versus Babyface Ray, and then they're doing a Paul Wall versus Gary Clark Jr. I don't know about that. Who is Gary um, Clark Jr.? I, I thought he sung or like played the guitar or some shit. I don't know. That's crazy. But my question is, with uh, versus on ice right now, do you look at this as a good news or a bad news situation? This is an interesting news situation, especially if I were Timberland or Swiss Beats. I feel like Larry June is bubbling, made his, he's he's a hot name out in the streets. I feel like he ain't made it there to where he probably want to be yet. Same thing for uh, Ice, excuse me, Babyface Ray. Babyface Ray on the come up to one of the bigger names in the Detroit rap scene as well. Both of them still have some ascending to do, but they're in a good place. So if I'm Swiss Beats or Timberland and I catch wind of this, I kind of want to make a call and tell them to just hold off. Mm-hmm. Let us get everything situated with Triller. Y'all go on and go on tour, but don't do it this way and let us do something together. Let's make a deal that we're going to put y'all on deck when we get this back rolling like we want to. I know there are going to be knockoffs of verses because it has been successful, but what I would try to do if I were them is keep the brand as pure as it could be. And I do feel like that these two artists are as established enough. They're not washed. It's kind of a new viewpoint to a versus because you would have current artists who aren't like legacy acts doing the verses and kind of see how that plays over. So I would kind of try to make a phone call politic a little bit, see if I could get them to the hold off for a bigger bag, maybe offer them some more money for a later reconvene this. Go ahead and do your tour, Larry June. If I'm Swiss Beats, if I can help you in any other type of way in order for you to hold off on this, I'll try to do that. But I would definitely be interested in this and not want this to spark other ideas of people who may be more popular and then it really get out of control and those being people that I can't call and barter favors with. Because like if Drake, like if when Puff, and JD decided to do this. It ain't really nothing that Tim and Swiss gonna be able to call and say, other than no. what y'all need me to do. They still hold a little bit of leverage in this situation with these two guys, and I feel like they should use it not to stop it, just to slow it down. Let them know, hey man, you can get in on this. It's a bigger thing happening. Just hold off mm-hmm. before you go to pushing sound battle verses. Yeah. So here's the thing. Red Bull has done these sound clashes for a couple of years now. I think it's 
it started in the mid 2000s but it's it crosses over genres and it, it's it, it's it doesn't have the same like matchups that like in 2011 they had Ludacris that was kind of going he was challenging Mike Posner God. so this is some like who listens to that that's crazy that's, yeah so uh-huh. that that's what I'm saying um so it's it they it's a matchup style but not quite versus has perfected it um and here's the thing there's a lane for a versus style joint with newer acts babyface ray is on the come up larry june for all intents and purposes is on the come up versus is more about legacy acts so if jermaine dupri and ba- and bad boy and so so deaf did their own thing then that's a problem because that's right up versus Alley. That's on brand for them. Babyface Ray and Larry June is not necessarily on brand for them because they're not legacy acts yet. So I, I wouldn't see an issue if they did this. I, I wouldn't really trip off this as I was if I was versus. But it is a slippery slope, and it, you might have a snowball effect. Nigga. It could be this one day, and then you look up and it's Puff and JD, and then you look up it's Devro and somebody else, then you look up it's No Limit of Cash Money, and, and now niggas have forgot about versus. They don't even care about what y'all got going right. on. So that, that's the problem. I did see, shout out to Timberland, though. I seen him over the weekend at the uh, circle of uh, the CEO conference. My partner invited me out to, shout out to my guy. And Timberland was there and he was getting interviewed and they touched on verses, but not really. They probably, he probably kind of hollered at them like, man, don't ask me about that shit. But he didn't talk about like the legal shit. But I was sitting there thinking, man, they got to get that shit back up and rolling, dog. Like, or, or at least trademark the the whole joint or some should do something, dude. Cause I, is, I don't want to see that slip through the hands like that. I hope it doesn't. Cause this is the perfect time. It's about to get back cold outside. The weather's about to change. People will be inside more. Like it's the perfect time to crack it back up with a big matchup. So I hope it works out for sure. Lastly, before we get into our B side, little Wayne versus in our B side series, your man, Saha is considering retirement. He got on his IG live. He went on a long rant, about 15 minutes, and says the labels told him, Sahai, you got to get hot in the streets, buddy. And he's blaming them for the Rico cases that are coming down here in Atlanta. My question to you, A.B., is there any truth or do you believe what Sahai is saying here? Yeah, this is interesting, man. Sahai talked about retiring. He asked, yo, should I just retire on Twitter? Mm-hmm. And then he hopped on live, had about an hour long session. Shout out to my guy, Cash Gotti, because I was mad because I missed the did live. And then I went to go find it afterwards and he already deleted it because I, I was interested in seeing it. My guy, Cash Gotti, threw me the oop. The link is on YouTube for the full hour long joint. So I watched the whole thing. There was a lot to unpack in there. But this specific part about labels telling people to get hot in the street, including him, he said, bro, that's not what y'all think that means means something different to people that's actually in the street. So y'all are taking it like, man, go get your mixtape and go work your mixtape and get this song popular. And he said, no, nigga, when niggas hear that shit, they think they got to go do something a little bit more drastic than get their mixtape popping. Like niggas going to crack somebody's head. Niggas going to rob something. Niggas going to do something like that to get hot in the street. And he said that is a lot of the reason for some of these Rico cases, some of the artists doing what they're, what they think that they need to do to get popular because all that comes with some type of notoriety. We know what that does, especially for a city like Atlanta, when you've got the streets behind you, we know what that movement looked like with BMF was behind Jeezy, the streets vouch for baby on a daily basis. That means a lot. 
that go that cachet goes a long way. So I can understand to a certain extent of what Sahai is talking about. But on the flip side, we also have a ton of examples of artists who literally did be they were told get themselves hot and they did just that through music. T.I. is a main example, but he got dropped from his label. He went on a chitlin circuit tour with his own recorded with new material. And he got hot in the streets through that chitlin circuit route and got a new deal and the rest is history. So where I understand how it could be misinterpreted by some of the people that Sahai knows, whether that's the label's fault or those people's fault or fucking, I don't know, their parents' fault, nigga, whoever. I don't know about that, though. I think the blame got to be divided. I can't just put it all on Universal. What I hear when I see this, and I didn't watch the whole hour, so I, I will say that I watched sure. 15 minutes of because I'm just not that in, in I just don't want to know. <laughs> With that being said, when I hear, when I see this, when I listen to the 15 minutes of a nigga just don't like doing his job. And in my opinion, when they're telling you, hey, go get hot in the streets, that's a part of your job. Your interpretation of I got to go murder a nigga, I got to go get 10 bags in, like that's you saying that. Right. And I'm not saying that the labels aren't, well, they're not pushing you towards that, but in the examples that you gave with Jeezy and T.I., like you said, they went out and they got their name hopping in the streets and it wasn't due to violence. You didn't hear about them shooting niggas, the baby style. It wasn't no robberies associated with it. And that's the difference that you have when you have niggas who are from the streets and associate with real street people versus a nigga who likes high high. He has an interpretation of what he thinks the streets are. No one's asking you to go out and bust heads. No one's asking you to do that. All they're asking you to do is go campaign, go do your job, make yourself hot. Now, if you think that shooting a nigga and robbing a nigga is making you hot, that's on you. Like you said, that's on your OGs, the people that raised you. Yeah. However, it's been proven that that's not what a record label is telling you to do. Don't try to convolute the water here just because you're not getting your way. I think he's being very manipulative in these statements just because the record label is not doing what he wants them to do. Because, again, like you said, I saw Jeezy get hot in the streets. And, yeah, BMF was associated with it, but it wasn't violence. Like, there was promoted. It may have been shit happening, but that ain't what we saw. It wasn't niggas getting – those weren't the headlines. Yeah, no, it was, so, it was niggas getting snacks and Range Rovers and Lamborghinis. Yeah, it was niggas like – the stories that we heard about Jeezy was like, man, that nigga pulled up, and it was like the whole booth was lit up because of the diamonds and shit that he had on. Yeah. When you in the streets, you understand what a campaign is. It's pulling up at the clubs. Me and my homies is popping bottles. We got the fly shit on. We got the hottest shit outside. All the bad bitches is with us. We got the ice on. Ain't none of that got to do with nothing of robbing or stealing the shooter nigga that's what you do when you are a rapper when you try to make yourself hot and if you don't want to do that side high if you want to write niggas bars because you're good at that stop complaining about the job nigga go do what you want to do yeah uh, man I, I will say this though it, it, even though it wasn't hour long it was very good he, he was a very interesting storyteller um, I thought it kept my attention the whole time. And he gave a little bit of background of how things started with him in the streets, again, uh, according to him, and how he got to the point where he wanted, where he was at meeting Ye and all that shit. Mm. The, one of the biggest takeaways, though, he said when, you, when we all first, well, the majority of people first heard him on My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy on the song with him, Jay, Ye, all them. He's, that was the first time a lot of people heard him. He said he was homeless and broke when that came mm. out. 
Mm. He, homeless and bro had just got through getting an abortion with his old girl. Nigga was living with her, jumping from place to place. He was broke as fuck. I thought that was super interesting. Shout out to my guy Kendall. He hit me with that, bro. Like, can you believe that shit? I was like, yeah, I do believe it. Um, I thought it was respectable that he would admit to it because that's not always the coolest thing to do. But uh, people got to understand, bro. Like, people living check to check at all levels, bro. It's a road, man. It's a road to get here. Like, yeah, it don't, it don't stop. Like, like uh, he's not gonna rap about being check to check. But nigga, that's the case. It's, that's the case for a lot of people. And I don't expect him to rap about that because confidence is everything. You have to fake. If you have to fake it till you make it, you may have to do that to psych yourself out of whatever situation you're in. Because confidence plays a huge role in people's success. Hey, he, if you can't, you can't walk around, nigga. If you're broke and depressed and you walk around like that, you're not going to achieve none of what the fuck you're trying to do. Like it got to start there. So I can't knock him for that. But I will say it's a very interesting 59 minutes, though. He tell his story, man. It's, it was actually pretty intriguing, honestly. I'd love to hear it over an album. 100%. If we ever get it. Let me ask you this. Did you look at that for 59 minutes? Who did you, you know, we always do this thing, man. He looked just like, who did you think he looked like? Who Sai Hala like? Yes, in that video. Famous? Yes. Oh, I'm going to say the name and you're going to bust out laughing. because I don't you know who. Him. You know who Tony Cox is? Yeah. The midget from Friday that threw out Miss <laughs> Parker. Tell me he didn't look like that midget from Friday that threw the bitch out of the house, man. Oh, shit. That's all I kept thinking is he all was in the screen. And and that's right. <laughs> no, like, cause he looks short when he do that. That's and he look like he got a little bit of arms and that's shit. That was funny as hell, dude. I just, I mean, really so I, and now uh, all jokes aside, though, so how he was going through it on there, though. And he had legitimate gripes and beefs. And real quick, too. Because I've always wondered this, and I always wanted to ask somebody. I, I forgot to do this with Wendy last time we talked to her. I, all, people always talk about how important it is to have your masters, and I always want because people are using it like TV shows and commercials. And, and I was like, nigga, how much realistically can you get off of a commercial if your song is played? Mm-hmm. Well, he said in there that the black skinhead that's on Yeezus that he wrote the majority of, apparently, that was in the Wolf of Wall Street trailer. Mm-hmm. He said the check came in for that. It was 500,000. So I was like, okay. Is that a one-time check or is it like continue? Yeah, it's a one-time check for, if, for your song to be in a trailer. So I was like, okay, if that's what the checks look like, then I can understand owning your masters, dude. Because that song has been played in like six different commercials, dude. So like, yeah. I, I don't, I'm assuming the check was for that one commercial. He didn't specify anything else, like something like a Motorola deal or something. So I'm so, maybe two commercials, but niggas five hundred bands. When you say going, when you say going through it, then what you mean? You like said he didn't. He didn't. When you say going through it, he didn't appear broke. He had his new teeth and shit. Yeah, no, like, no, no, not necessarily even broke. Just on some mental shit. Oh, okay. Like he would be like he was supposed to do. He did favors for people. He'd been swaps. screwed over by um, Acom brother and different people he, t- he talked about his intro to the game it was it was actually really good though like i can't even front obviously i wasn't sitting there standing the nigga face the whole time right. i'm moving about my day but i'm listening right. like it was compelling i always wonder what the expectations are for him though i mean for or just people in general you've heard how weird the music business is and how people operate it of course like we were just talking about you always think oh it won't happen to me however as talented as he is and I know this sounds cliche. I wonder why he wouldn't just keep working. Like it's gonna catch on. Like, like that nigga got damn near a classic album and verses saying, you know what? I take these lumps. I believe in the art so much. I'm just gonna keep putting this shit out. Fuck. 
Like he he skews towards ah, is this nigga fault? Oh, is this nigga fault? Oh, I need a million dollars for the record. I like it's always something. It's always like it's almost like he expected this to be perfect. And it's not. This is not what the music business is, bro. Everything that he's came out and said that was a problem, like those are things that you deal with in the music business. Yeah. It's like a painter, like expecting to go to work and not get dirty. Like, bro, you're going to get paint on your clothes. You work with paint all day. It's the business. Yeah. So I just don't understand, like the stuff that I've heard him complain about is it's music business stuff, bro. Like, keep going. Some of it, some of it, some of it that some of that is true. And then some of it is like when you. When you look at this as your dream job and it, it can yeah. turn into a nightmare, that can hit a lot of people a, a certain way. Look at Andre 3000, bro. Keyword that job. Like it's like me and you, like we make the millions of dollar podcasts and it's still going to be obligations and a job at that point. Like yep. I just, it's still, like you got to keep trucking. I would recommend if you're, if you're a fan of Side Highs to check out that video though. It was, it was pretty interesting, man. Um, nice. We talking Wayne B-Sides. Shout out to the Jay-Z B-Side episode last week. If you didn't hear that, check that out after this. I've got five records. You've got five records. This is dope because we've talked about Wayne. We've ranked his discography. We've talked about mixtape Wayne. We've never talked about the B-Sides, which he has plenty of. Let's be very clear. Uh, throw me one out, man. What's the first one that came to your mind when you started putting this together? You said plenty of. I feel like. Wayne's B-side are difficult later in his career because everything was such a fucking smash. Like he got a mm. lot of fuck just hits like quarter three and four. Like it's just a lot of mainstream True. songs. Well, so, I mean, shit that didn't have a video. I'm looking at shit that wasn't no single, but I understand okay. there's a lot of shit that still made way. Still made it, exactly. Yep. So with, with that being said, I did go back, 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 far back to get some of mine. And I will start with that Wayne on... Mm, which one I want to start with? I'll start with The Block is Hot. Okay. And I got Fuck the World because I just knew that you wouldn't have that on there. If you're not familiar, not. It's, one of old, it's one of Wayne's older, older tracks before, even before, down near the Hot Boys time, but way before like he went to Lil Wayne we know now. But the reason that I like this track is because back then you didn't get a lot of thought-provoking material from Cash Money. It was just more so bling, bling. This was a, a, a curveball in their um, repertoire, and I loved it. I, I was here for it. I used to have this song on repeat when this CD came out, if you remember CDs. But this was definitely one of my favorite B-side ways. And yeah, that's man. Fuck the World, Block, hot. Block is Hot. I don't curse, but in his verse, man, Fuck the Fuck World. It's the world. only song he cursed on Thanks. on that album. Mm -hmm. uh, that was a shit. Uh, I'm going to keep it Block is Hot, too. And again, this is a B side because there's it's not an official single. But if you went to Teen Night, mm. then you know what that loud pipes did. Loud pipes, big rims, nigga. Listen, Fuck you. <laughs> listen, that used to shake Teen Night back in the Thanks, day, nigga. <laughs> Bitch, you would never ride twenty inch chrome. We used to walk around saying that to people like this in school. <laughs> Like random, I promise you. Like we would go, like <laughs> I never forget my homeboy Marquis. Like, like you have a hall pass in high school. So you just fucking with people. You get a hall pass. You be out like, we'll just go knock on the class that you in, have them come. Can you get such and such for me? And yell that and run off, dude. It'd be some funny shit. But yeah, that was a classic. Loud pipes, big rims, nigga. That's, yeah, that's my, my life. life. So that, that that's more of a posse song. It's a couple of people on there or whatever. But it, it was the shit. And Wayne first, he ripped it. Um, just a fun song, man. That was show Wayne how talented he was as a teenager. I think he was 15, 16 when this album came out, which actually even 
makes fuck the world that much more poignant because he was so young. Um, but yeah, that that album was good, and that song was one of my favorites off of that motherfucker. Loud pipes is the shit. Absolutely. You want to go next? You want me to pull the other one that I have? I'm gonna go next, then, man. I go back to bike. Um, I'm gonna go Carter three. Mm. Um, one of the best joints on there. One of the most creative. In a sea of creative joints, <clears throat> excuse me, because he has several. That let the beat build was a standout, though. Um, the way he literally let the beat build and crescendo up to the to its apex, I thought he played that fantastically. Um, this album did a million out the gate. This was one of the fan favorites off of that. Several more, but that was also a favorite of mine. I just I, I just like how creative it was and and. Letting the beat add in piece by piece, sound by sound, until it came to what it was. And he's spitting, he ripping it in his bag the whole time. Um, so let the beat build was one of my favorite joints on Carter Three B side wise. Let the beat build is a good one. I'm staying in the past, and I'm going all the way back to the Hot Boys album. Mm-hmm. If you remember, like you were saying, Team Night, man, that Team Night from Get It How You Live, Block Burner, Lil Wayne. If you know, you fucking know. If you was yeah. outside when this was on. And you know what this song did. B-side, because it wasn't no video or anything, like you no. said, Cash Money was really slept on around this time. So everybody wasn't aware of uh, No Limit was the more popular group from the area. But if you knew, you knew. And this was one of them songs. Man. That block burner beat is so hard. Still today, to this day. Yeah, Matty is- Fresh, Fresh is just really just disrespected as far as what Max. he did. Jesus. Max. Man, and niggas, cool. yeah, niggas got to give him more props, bro. One hundred percent. That's that's the shit, though. Everybody's solo song on that album was banging, if I remember Max. correctly, though. I listened to that at least once or twice a month. I'm going in a timeline here, I guess, and I had to choose on Carter One. Mm-hmm. I had two songs on there. The water, the renter up was Miss My Dogs because I wasn't sure if that was a B-side or if that was a popular song. It was hot when it came out just because of the context of it. If you remember Miss My Dogs, then you know. But I went with Birdman Jr. Mm-hmm. That goddamn song, that was like when you thought Wayne was maybe still a kid, thought he was still playing, you didn't know if he was going to be able to make that transition. This is the song that done it for me. Even after the squads, even after all that, it was this. And I was like, shit. No, nope. that nigga was ripping this. Yeah, I, I pick. I had to pick one off of Carter One, and they were both either one of those. I have them mm. literally listed. I miss my dog or Birdman Jr. Depending on which one you selected, and then you select both of them. Real low key. I'll just go with the other. I miss my dogs is a classic Little Wayne song. Um, obviously he's speaking to the friendship and the brotherhood he had with the other high boys, Juvie, BG, and Turk. He called him out by name on there. And I remember that people used to, there was a rumor going around that Gilly wrote this album and this song single-handedly put all of that to rest because there's no way on God's green earth that Gilly wrote, I miss my dogs. It's literally impossible. Um, He was very specific (laughs) in that. Like, I just refuse to believe you're not going to ever make me believe that. So uh, I miss my dogs. They stand out. One of the one of the dopest Little Wayne records. Like if he if if Little Wayne had a B side show, he would have to play. I miss my dog. Like there's no no facts. If answer, but if he don't play nothing else on my list, nigga, he has to play that. This is what I want, Little Wayne B sides. Like I want to see this show right here. And got to. 
I had to go off script here because I just had to pick this song. I just felt you definitely wouldn't have this. And I had to cheat to make sure that you didn't have it. But it's off a mixtape. And if you were in college during this time and you knew when this came out, niggas used to sing their heart out with this. Yes, the Lil Wayne sang. So this is before this is the first Lil Wayne sang and song. That's Prostitute Flange. Yeah. Like that shit was banging. It was different. It kind of got him into that bag in that lane. First off, I feel like I feel like it was one of the first songs that he did like that. It was yeah. real early. However, man, I, I I just used to fuck with that. It was a vibe. The tempo was dope on it. He just shook it all the way through a different perspective on a rap song than you usually take with the words that he's using and how he's describing the bitch that he wants. So I, Prostitute Flames is definitely one of those B-sides. Again, like you're saying, if I went to a B-sides Wayne show, he would have to do this. I feel like this is a cult classic. Agreed. And that mixtape is superb. Oh, my God. The Carter got Three another, Sessions? That's the one with something you forgot on there, too. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's something you forgot. is. And uh, the All I Have in This World and, and the um, I Feel Like Dying. Like, it, that, that mixtape is stupid. That's back when Lil Wayne used to be your favorite rapper. You sold out on him, though. What in the world? The Lil Wayne wasn't your favorite rapper then? Lil Wayne was everybody's favorite rapper back then. You, that used to be your guy, though, because <laughs> Tip was my guy. You sold him out for Kanye West and Drake t-shirts. Oh, uh, yeah. Once Kanye came yes. out, it was a rap. Lil Wayne used to be your man like like, like Drake. I mean, like uh, Kanye, your man now. No, for sure. Uh, Wayne was the shit, though. Especially like squads and all. I was, in all, I was on board for all that of was, that. That was your guy. Fuck, we're not gonna keep doing that though. Well, yeah. it was your guy, dude. You get to own it. Everybody's got jump ship though. I'm still rolling with tip though. Let's go. <laughs> uh, I got two more, man. I'm gonna go Carter two. Um, I, I honestly think the second verse on this song is is arguably Wayne's best work, best verse ever, and that's best rapper alive. Um, mm. the the second verse is absolutely ridiculous. Um, please go listen to that right now. Um, the, the beat is crazy. The second verse is stupid. The first verse is dope as well. But this is when he was calling himself the best rapper alive and you're putting your, you're crowning yourself. I, I spoke to that earlier about confidence and how important that is. You have to back it up. And verses like this, songs like this is how you back claims like that up. And so I thought it was super dope. It was Perfect timing, dude. When you're talking big shit like that, you got to have big dope ass B side records like this. So, best rapper alive. It made people. It made people say, "Hey, man, hey, Wayne, man, Wayne might be the best." Like this is what did it right. When here. he was saying this, he was like, "I don't even think True facts." A, the discrepancy about that. And I too, for my last one, am going to the Carter too, which I feel like is Wayne's best work. Agree. And if you go all the way down to the 20s, you might not even made it to that as far as you wasn't just in, locked in, but that get over all three mm. verses. Oh my God. I love that song. Any playlist, any, any Spike Lou playlist that you see on Spotify or or Apple that's describing me or mood music for me, this get over is on there. All three verses from start to finish, the hook, everything. Is that the, is that the sample? Body. It's a... With the girl singing in the background. It's not a sample though. I think it's an original. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, you gotta get over. You gotta Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And we gonna be all right. Cause bitch, I'm a drink patron out the bottle to the head now. We getting bread That's now. Banging. Oh my nigga dead and she's ripping yeah. that. Yeah. Damn, that was fine. I'm gonna listen to that when we're done. Actually. Yeah, that's the shit. That album the shit still hold up well too. X. Um I went more recent with my last one. I went mm-hmm. Carter Five. 
mm. even though this was a popular song again there's no video there's no single so the whole album b-size <laughs> right <laughs> but that mona lisa with him and kendrick nice <sighs> i forgot about that listen i know kendrick was the newer kid on the block wayne had turned into an alien and had kind of you know was pussy monster for about three years in a row so niggas didn't really know like what would happen if you got him head to head with a nigga like kendrick and these niggas went toe to toe nigga like wayne murdered this so did kendrick though kendrick was on him too but the song is fire this is how a, this is how a long-awaited uh, uh duet is supposed to sound dude like they're supposed to come up with something creative you know what I mean? They could have went run of the mill, but no, nigga. Like, this is some creative storytelling shit. Like, how often does that happen? How often you get a nigga featured on somebody's song and they're telling a story? Like, this shit was ill. Carter Five is a solid project. And we, we waited 20 years for it. It may not have lived up to that hype. But this song was the shit, though. So very well done between them two. Um, I love that song. That's a, that's a dope, dope song. One of his best, more recent records, in my opinion. I agree. I like that. That was a good list. So you had nothing off Rebirth, is what you're saying? I didn't have anything past Carter too. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm gonna be one hundred percent real with you. Uh, I almost put "Fuck the World" from the Hot Boys on here, but that's just a verse. It is like a posse song, but that's another one of my favorite. Like you said, that's one of those before he started cursing, but still threw that in there. We thought it was at that point in time, like, oh God, Lil Wayne cursed. Yeah. You had to be there. Um, do you find or have you found that you play some of this little Wayne older stuff? And the newer kids that they may not be familiar with it. Have you ever found that? I have not, but I can uh, I can see that. I mean, shit, this shit, this shit was in the nineties. That oh, hot boy was right. ninety seven, ninety eight. Wayne Wayne, one of the few rappers he spanned with three generations. That's rare, dude. Nineties, two thousands, and two thousand tens, and two thousand twenties. It's wrong. <laughs> Wayne's still relevant, though. He's still relevant. He is. That's true. <laughs> Damn. That's got to be difficult, man. Being famous for 30 years. Ain't nobody that he probably has been famous the longest, like as far as his life. Because he's been famous since he was 11 years old. He like 40. He's like true. 40 now. Yeah. Damn. Being, that's got to suck, actually. That's why he weird like it. That, you got to be weird. You ain't got no yeah. choice but to be weird. You know, be there's never nowhere that he probably can go where somebody don't know him. Have you, that's crazy to think about. And I'm good on that. Man, that's got to be nuts. It's like, you got to be weird like that. Niggas wonder why he do so much drugs and shit. Like, nigga ain't got no me time, dude. Nigga, I be spaced out. I wanted to pick something up that like father, like son, which I think is slept on. But I didn't have a chance to go and do a deep dive back into it. But that, that that's a slept on project, though. The title track, like father, like son. Oh, yeah, that was banging. Yeah, Absolutely. yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Thanks. Um, and y'all let us know what y'all think, man. Give us, throw us some B-side Wayne records, dude. Uh, I know we covered a bunch of them, but there's plenty more. Uh, especially if we count mixtapes, he got hella shit. Uh, catalog is stupid. Shout out to my guy that hit us up on um on Instagram. Was like, yo, where's the Wayne discography episode? Spotify is hating on some of our episodes because we used to play music back in the day. Have you been rocking with us for a long time? So we got to get those edited and taken out and then reposted. In the meantime, there's plenty more that are live, but we'll get those back up around the corner here. Appreciate your patience. Um, wins and losses time. First one up. Is this a win or a loss, man? A four-year-old saved up his lunch money, racks on racks on racks, for a boosie feature. Is this a win or a loss? 
Big W, man. I made my heart smile when I see this, man. The recipes are not lost. Little kids out here still listening to Boosie, man, and I love it. Influence him. I hope he didn't take that money for the verse, though. I'm hoping. Man, I was wondering that, dude. Because it's on video. He took the bread. I was like, I wonder if he kept it. I hope that was for the video. Because, like, your boy, you you put me on a video this week, and he brought up a good point. Um, Westside Boogie. Yeah. That's what it was, right? When he was talking about why he don't do verses for the homies and how it devalues, he's like, bro, this is how I eat. So if exactly. I'm just giving everybody verses, then the nigga that's coming to pay for them, they ain't going to want to pay for them. Exactly. So even on video, I understand why Boosie was like, nah, ain't even a four-year-old going to give me my bread for it, even if he gave it back. But that was a good interview, too. Yeah, that, um, but I, I ain't mad at the four-year-old saving up nah, the bread. I'm cool with that. That's, bro. that's, that's dope. dope. Like look. if he look up the boost, it sound like his dad listened to him or whoever that was in the background. That was a really cool thing, man. Lafoyo, I apparently had a hit. That's what that's what Boosie said. I, we'll I'm see. Definitely checking for that. It's a wide open lane for a kid rapper, oh like an innocent kid yeah. Romeo Bow Wow. It's wide open for that. Wide rapper. open, especially with social media how it is now. The little the the five year old TikTok rapper, stop, bro. Yeah. Millions. Yes. Yeah, they need to get on that. Um. WRL, there's a new tour. It's mm-hmm. called a three-headed monster. Who's okay. the three heads, you ask? Cameron, Jada mm. Kiss, and mm. Murder Mace. Mm. It's a win or a loss. Three-headed monster tour. This is like a uh no disrespect to these guys. This is definitely a Groupon. Uh, this is definitely a Groupon ticket. I found it the day before for 25 bucks, and it was a hell of a value deal to get to see these three legends in concert. If you start talking to me about a hundred plus dollars, no, now we got an issue. But no. If I'm getting that Groupon value for these three guys, and it's a win, yeah, yeah, this is it's a it's a bogo right here. Let's buy one, get one, and I cop. Then I, you know, I said I fuck with it. It gotta be the bogo, dude. But Mace might be all right, but Mace got some shit though. Mace, dude, all of them got some shit. Like, yeah, better, I got some shit. It's a night out. Like, it's so much come with going out to see. Nah, yeah, it's got to be That's a rough. deal. You got to be a deal. <laughs> Definitely got to be a deal. Uh, one more WRL. Man, the Falcons football season is here. Atlanta Falcons released their new promo video, Rise Up, featuring recording artists. Wait for it. Rotimi. What oh. is he from Atlanta? Oh, shit. <laughs> Rotimi is not from Atlanta. Uh, he's from New Jersey, and I'm not even sure if his family is from this country, so he may not even be from they the not. United States. Uh, so they caught a lot of flack for that, man. WRL for the Falcons promo video. Man, this is a big L, man. This goes to what we talk about in here all the time when you're talking about advertisement, marketing. Black people got to be in the room if you're selling to black people, dude. And the Atlanta Falcons have a primarily black fan base. This is a hip-hop rich City, take your picks from JIDs to Amaretta to old school with TIGZ, Ludacris, shit, Louis. Whoever you wanted to do this, literally, you had your pick, dude, but you went with Rotimi for some fucking reason. We, we will never know. That's a fireball offense for negligence. That, whoever is in charge of that, it, they should be like Monday morning after they came out, you should have to go to your boss's office and explain it. What if they did that just for the pub? What if they were like, yo, this is going to have social media on fire? Then they would be brilliant on the other <laughs> That would be cool. It worked. It de- Who is the worst person that we could get? Because that's, why, that's, one that's of what I'm saying. Things, you know, that's one of those things. You can't even fuck up and, and, and do that that way. Like, if you were trying to do it, you would have never thought of routine. That's true. You there's like you had to be trying and be like, oh, okay, we'll take this dude. He got a nice price. But if you're looking at like, okay, man, who's it gonna be? His name would have never no. came up. I'm the layup though. 
I'm talking about the layup of all layups. Because let's be honest, I see T.I. like, hey, me, Jeezy, and Ludo right here. Y'all budget is different from Rotimi's. Let's be very clear. Y'all not taking that Rotimi check and splitting it in threes, dude. The perfect one was right there at Amaretta, dude. Amaretta was dead. The Saints Easy. is not Atlanta. Nigga, the, and just, bitch, that would have been a layup, dude. Layup. Or even more so, like, people, like, Atlanta is the one of the very few cities that's rich in culture enough. Like, all they really had to do was put a press release out. And reach out to a couple of these people's um um what is it called? PR people. Oh come to the dome on this day. We're shooting a commercial. We want all the local Atlanta Atlanta rappers to be in it. Like, nigga, you had that big dogs pulling up. Like, come yeah. on, bro. Playing it out right, like stop. But the thing is, everybody, let's be clear though. Everybody doesn't have to be from Atlanta. You just need ties to the city. Samuel yeah. L. Jackson used to do it. The rise up several years in a row. He's not from here, but he went to school here, and everybody knows that. So you can get somebody that just has ties to the city, dude. Yeah, they ain't even got to be from here. Like, did they shoot power in Atlanta? Maybe that's the ties. Maybe Rotimi and his role on power just (laughs) was here in. Maybe he's from Atlanta in the show. Like, I don't know, bro. That's it. (laughs) Um. On Decker of the Week, man, hey, we're going to YouTube as usual. Shout out to the new subscriber, man, Ben Stewart. Shout out to Ben Stewart. Appreciate the subscription. We got some comments, too, man. Hendrix Loco, our guy. My favorite Jay-Z B song is Never Change from the Blueprint. Mm, shit, I love that song. That's the shit. Shout out D-Dub. He said, man, my Jay-Z B sides, All I Need, Blueprint. Mm. The Bounce, Blueprint, too. Shout out to Kanye. Let's go. Party Life, American Gangster. Thank you, Blueprint 3, and Murder to Excellence. Watch the throne. That Murder to Excellence is crazy. Murder to Excellence is crazy. Appreciate that, guys. As always, man, leave a comment. YouTube.com slash TV if you want to leave a comment. Put on. What you got? My put on. I found a new book on Audible a while ago. I've just started listening to it, though, since I'm about to re-pick up this show. It's called Difficult Men, and it's by Brett Martin. And it's about the leading roles of Walter White and Tony Soprano and they like how it affected them off camera on camera and also talks about other people and how that particular character like the bad good guy how it came into prominence it, it touches on Mad Men and a lot of other series too but it's really good uh, he's giving you some behind the scenes shit on the Sopranos which I love but it's called Difficult Man it's on Audible and it's by Brett Martin dope super dope um my put on is an interview that you alluded to earlier i think everybody should check out uh west side boogie's breakfast club interview i thought that was one of the dopest interviews of the year um he touches on a lot of stuff but you don't even you don't even have to be familiar with his music to um resonate with what he was talking about but in case you didn't know he's from the west coast and he signed to eminem okay cool but he talked about therapy and grown man shit and being from the neighborhood and being a gang member and what that means for this career and how he how he's got survivor's remorse as it relates to it it was just a really uh transparent real talk interview he wasn't on there doing a lot of capping and stunting he was admitting l's and it was very very refreshing to see somebody that wasn't taking themselves too seriously but was also he seemed to be very in tune with himself, which I wish more people uh, were able to tap into. Man, I think I think uh, things a lot more things would get accomplished. A lot more people 
would go further if they could tap into that. And it was the self-awareness was really uh, refreshing to see. Um, so I, I definitely, I've never watched an interview with him. I really like his album, but now watching this, it made me respect him a little bit more. It's one of the best interviews this year, in my opinion. Shout out to a uh, West Side Boogie. Get, get past the lisp, though. That's it. Once you get past it. Shout out to him for having such an annoying voice and it not like affecting his rap. Because I listened to his, I've never listened to his album and thought, man, this nigga voice is annoying. But 15 minutes into that interview, I thought, man, this nigga sounds just annoying. Yeah. However, to everything that you said is true, I stuck it out because he was talking some real shit. Uh, 100%. He was a transparent and showed a lot of vulnerability, uh, which is can I, I, I 100% appreciate in artists. So check that Absolutely. out. Absolutely. Um, guys, another week of the books. We appreciate you tapping in. Listen, youtube.com slash on deck TV show. Make sure you uh, like and subscribe and leave a comment too. Let us know your favorite B side Wayne joints and any artists that you want to see a B side episode for. That'd be appreciated, man. We take them suggestions, we read all of that shit try to implement them when we can as well man anything else before we get out of here that is it man it's the on deck tv show we appreciate the support over the years keep rocking with us we out yes sir